0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. The following is a winter storm warning from the National Weather Service. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For the last two decades, the New England region has been able to avoid rolling blackouts during harsh winters. But the New England Independent System Operator, which runs the region's power grid, says that's only because of luck and that they need to find a solution ASAP. So to address that problem, the operator has put a plan on the table at the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission that would pay oil and gas producers to store extra fuel on site for the winter months. But that plan is receiving pushback from powerful officials and advocacy groups. They say the steep cost of the program isn't justified and question whether its reliability benefits have been proven. So, today, Politico's Catherine Morehouse breaks down how New England's power grid is facing a winter dilemma and if there's a good solution. It's Thursday, June 1st.
1: So, the plan is to adjust the price that's paid to oil and gas generators to keep additional fuel on site. Basically, the grid operator is proposing to adjust payments to generators from what was previously a fixed price to an indexed price, which basically means that gas generators will get paid based on global market prices instead of, again, that kind of just fixed rate. And the idea for the program more broadly is to make sure the region has enough fuel for when it gets really cold to avoid blackouts, like you said. And that's because, as we've previously reported, New England is really fuel constrained in the winter and for years has faced really tight grid conditions, particularly when demand for both electricity and natural gas for heating gets really high. So this price adjustment is basically supposed to just be a higher incentive to incentivize more generators to keep more fuel stocked.
0: Got it. And a ruling from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit last year actually put limits on what the New England independent system operator could do here. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so a previous proposal from the grid operator would have adjusted this program to pay different types of generators, including coal, biomass, nuclear, and hydro, for instance, for keeping fuel on site. But what the court said was... Those types of resources are already keeping fuel on site. That's kind of how they work. So you're not really incentivizing anything. You're just using ratepayer money to pay generators for something they're already doing. So the grid operator went back to the drawing board and basically said, OK, maybe instead we can just pay oil and gas producers, which don't typically keep fuel stocked, more money for backup fuel to, again, just kind of heighten those incentives and hopefully have more backup fuel for when it's needed.
0: Right. And you're reporting that this proposal has powerful opponents criticizing the price tag. So who are the opponents and what are they saying about the plan?
1: So the opponents include the Massachusetts Attorney General, Senator Blumenthal of Connecticut, a host of ratepayer advocates across several New England states, and clean energy and climate groups. And what they're arguing is that, for one thing, like you said, the price tag on this is simply too high. That tying rates to the market could end up costing ratepayers on the high end, nearly half a billion dollars per year, and the program is two years, which is more than triple the original program's proposed costs. And they also say that the grid operator has not proven that this program is even needed for fuel security in the region. They point to a previous analysis from last winter where the grid operator actually acknowledged the program's high costs and limited benefits. And they also say that if the grid operator is going to make these kinds of changes, it should reexamine the whole program, you know, whether these incentives are needed in the first place, given some of the changing realities of the system, including more offshore wind, more rooftop solar, which, again, the, the grid operator's own analysis has found made significant changes and improvements to its reliability on the system.
0: And so what are the next steps here? Has FERC weighed in on the issue And are there other options on the table, potentially?
1: So FERC has not weighed in on this yet, but it will be up to them to determine essentially whether this strikes the balance of keeping the lights on while charging customers at a rate that's just and reasonable. And it's an interesting debate in New England because in some ways they're kind of at the forefront of this problem in the sense that they're a lot more reliant on natural gas than other regions that still haven't transitioned as quickly away from coal-fired power. So what New England kind of needs to do and balance in the long term is how far to go on natural gas versus thinking about clean energy solutions, especially given that most of the states within New England have climate goals. So that's where they're facing a lot of pressure from regulators, climate advocates, lawmakers, and other public officials in the region who really want to see The grid operator moving away from these incentives for oil and gas and kind of focus a little bit more on forward thinking solutions about how to bring other resources into the mix more seriously.
0: Also, the Justice Department is suing the coal empire of West Virginia Governor Jim Justice for failing to pay more than five million dollars in civil penalties assessed by the Department of the Interior. The civil action was filed on Tuesday against 13 of the Justice family businesses and against Justice's adult son. The suit alleges that businesses failed to pay fines for more than 100 violations of federal mining regulations that create, quote, health and safety risks or threatened, quote, environmental harm. Attorneys for the Justice Department are seeking a court order to force the companies to repay the fines with interest. The legal action comes as the West Virginia governor, a Republican, launches a Senate bid against Senator Joe Manchin. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is striving to lead the way in the energy transition. They're working to deploy carbon capture and producing renewable fuels, developing multiple solutions today while forging new paths to the future. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash energy in progress.